Hi, welcome to the Miami Church Podcast. My name is Crystal Guayco, and I will be your host for today. If you want more information about Miami Church or would love to get connected, email us at hello at mammychurch.com. Without further ado, here's the message. Enjoy! was a man advanced and aged and he was just tired. I mean exhausted, bone weary. He lost hope. He was ready to call it quits. In fact, he, he thought to himself, it's, it's probably better just to go ahead and die than to live. You ever felt that way? Just so tired, so overwhelmed, maybe just bone weary? I mean, are you, are you tired and exhausted today in the midst of this crazy world that we're living in? Well, this old man, he, he, he went to a mountain. In fact, he climbed up the mountain, and the mountain was called Horeb, and it was known as the mountain of God. And he, and he climbed up the mountain, and he went into a cave, and he was so tired and so exhausted that he just fell flat on his face, and he fell asleep. He was awakened by a voice. And the voice said, Go stand on the mountain at attention, for God's going to pass by. So his weariness turned to, to wonder, and, and he got up and he, and he went out on the mountain and he stood at attention. And a, a, a hurricane force wind came by. I mean, wind that he could barely hold his feet. He probably felt like Jim Cantori from the Weather Channel just trying to stand in the, in the storm. And he thought, wow, just the power and the brute strength and the, the force, this must be God. God wasn't in the wind. Then the, the ground began to, to shake beneath his feet. And... and and, and there was a, a, a mountain trembling earthquake. And he thought, this must be God. But God wasn't in the earthquake. And then a, a fire, a, 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 a big, gigantic, blazing fire that consumed the mountainside. And he thought, well, this must be God. But God wasn't in the fire. And then as he stood on the edge of the, the mountain, he heard a, a gentle voice, a whisper. And it was God. And God spoke to him in the whisper. Does God still do that? Does God still speak to normal, ordinary people like you and like me? Is God speaking to you? There's a 16-year-old boy, a high school kid. I mean, a good kid. Nothing necessarily remarkable or extraordinary. 
And one August day, this 16-year-old kid, he was uh, actually on a playground of all places, and he was working with under-resourced kids. And as he was on this playground working with under-resourced kids, he heard a whisper. Not an audible voice, but a, a whisper. And God spoke. And God said, hey, I have a plan and purpose for you. I want, to, I want to use you. I want to use the talents and the gifts that I've given you. And I want to use you to help as many people as, as you can know, know about me and know about my love and know about my grace and know about hope and know about a right relationship with Jesus. God speaks. And the 16-year-old high school student, a little unsure, maybe even naive, says, okay, here am I, let's go. See, and I stand here today, all of these years later, convinced to the core of my being that God is speaking. And that God is speaking to you and God is speaking to me. That he's near. That he's close. See, as I've studied this over the years, there's a pattern. There, there, there's a, a pattern to this, and you see it in history, and you see it in the Bible, and you see it in modern times, and, and I see it in my life, and I see it in the lives of so many. Is that God finds people, humans, normal, everyday men and women. And it's usually not a large group, and it's probably not the ones that you would pick or that I would pick the expected or the popular or the mainstream. But God, God finds these, these humans, these people, these ordinary men and women, and, and maybe they're, they're just a remnant or outliers, and he decides to speak. See, we're in this message series that we're calling Find and Follow. And if you've been tracking with us, for the past eight weeks, we've been just basically walking through the, the story of the first church. And Dr. Luke, who was a physician, a Greek doctor, he, he, he took together some eyewitness accounts and some firsthand experience, and he puts the story of the first church in writing, and it's, it's found in what we call Acts. And in, in the second part of the Bible, the New Testament begins with the stories of Jesus, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then Acts is the fifth book. And he's telling the story of these men and women. And you see themes in there. And you see these things that keep reoccurring. And today we come to Acts chapter 9. And in Acts chapter 9, God is on the move. If you have a Bible, um, a device there in front of you, I would encourage you, go ahead and open right now to Acts chapter 9. I don't have time right now to read the entire chapter, but I'm going to encourage you to do that here later today. But I want, I want to just tell you the story. In Acts chapter 9, we, we find a guy named Saul. And, and Saul, uh, he hated Jesus. He hated the church. He hated the early church. He hated Jesus' followers. In fact, uh, Paul or Saul's mission, his life mission, was to persecute those who were followers of Jesus or, or how Luke describes it, followers of the way. And so we find him in this story going to a city called Damascus, and he's going to try to arrest followers of Jesus and bring them back in chains and handcuffs back to Jerusalem. And on his way to Damascus, as he's on his horse riding to Damascus, boom, there's this Jesus encounter. And Paul is knocked off his 
horse. He has this conversation with Jesus. He's blind. And we see that he's blind and left blind for three days. And for three days, he does not eat and he does not drink. Now I want to pick up the story in verse 10. So again, if you have your device or your Bible, look with me. Acts chapter 9, beginning in verse 10. Here's how Luke records the story. He says, In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. And the Lord, that's God, that's kind of a respectful title for God. And God called to him in a vision, Ananias. Now God is speaking. See, this is foundational. See, throughout history, God has spoken. God is a communicating God. God always has been and always will be. God is speaking. God is near. Now, so many, when I talk to about the idea of God and, and Jesus, they, they have this idea of God in non-relational terms. It's like God is some distant CEO. He's, he's up in the, in the suite, in the corner suite, and he's kind of in charge, but don't bother him. Just stay away. And if you have this kind of idea of God, then following God turns into this abstract ideas. And you see this in so many people that, that try to follow God or search God. It's just these abstract, like you memorize these beliefs and you have these doctrines to be mastered and you have a moral code to be maintained. And you just check these boxes, just jump through these spiritual hoops. But here's what I know today and here's what I see in Acts 9. That's, that's not the God I know. See, God is a relational God. God is a communicating God. And he's speaking to me and he's speaking to you. And you can hear his voice today. And look what Ananias responds. He says, yes, Lord. Another version or translation says, here, here I am. Here I am. And you get the sense as you, as you study this story, as you study Ananias, that, that he had this expectation that he knows God's voice, that he's, that he's ready that, that he knows God in a relational way, not in some distant CEO type way, but that he knows God is near. I know some of you who are parents, you, you, you know this, right? You know the voice of your kids or you know their cry, right? I have three kids, right? And we can be in a room full of other kids, but if one of my kids cries, I can tell. Why? Because I, I know their voice. There's a familiarity. And, and you get the sense here that, that Ananias is familiar with the voice of God. I mean, how do, you, how do you develop that? How do you cultivate that familiarity? Look at verse 11. Luke says that, that God said to him, Ananias, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. And in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Look at Ananias' response, verse 13. Lord, Ananias answered, I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he's done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. Now, I love this. Ananias hears. Right? He's familiar. He's put himself in a place to hear the voice of God. And now God tells him what to do. 
And now you see the, the uncertainty. You see the fear, the trepidation. And we looked at this a, a couple of weeks ago and when we did a message on Acts chapter 7. And Acts chapter 7 was this, this sermon that Stephen did. And he's standing in front of him. He's giving the sermon and he's telling the grand story of God. And in that story, he talks about a guy named Abraham. And, and in that story, he says, hey, the Abraham, that God came to Abraham and he said, Abraham, go. And Abraham went even though he didn't know where he was going. Right? One of the principles we talked about that day was the idea of the first step. You've got to take the first step before God will reveal the second step. And some of you need to take the first step. You're holding back on something, you need to take the first step. But many of us want the, the 25 steps or the 100 steps. And, and God said, no, just take the first step and then we'll, then we'll worry about the second step. And you see that here with Ananias. No, just go. Go, over to the, go to this guy's house. Paul's waiting on you, or Saul is waiting on you. Verse 15. Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man, Saul, is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles, their kings, and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer in my name. So Ananias says yes, even though it doesn't make sense, even though there's fear, even though he doesn't fully understand, even though it's uncertain, he says yes. And here's, here's what I know. In fact, this is a core belief, one of my core beliefs, a, a foundational belief of our church, is that God is speaking. And he's speaking to me and he's speaking to you and that you can actually hear his voice. The one and only true God is speaking. He is near. See, God tends to speak to people who want to hear from him. He tends to offer divine direction to those who are willing to order their daily lives around receiving input from Him. You see that? God tends to speak to people who want to hear from Him. Those who are willing to order, arrange their daily lives around receiving input from Him. Verse 17, Luke tells us that Ananias went to the house. He entered he placed his hands on Saul, and he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may again be filled with the Holy Spirit. So you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 18. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. And he got up and was baptized. We talked about that last week. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. Ananias did what God asked him to do. I don't usually title my messages, but if I was titling this message, I would say, I would title it, Hearing God's Voice and Having the Courage to Respond. Or maybe Hearing God's Voice and Having the Guts to Respond. And so you see Ananias, he, he follows through with boldness and courage. In fact, friends, I'm just going to tell you that, that if you decide to really follow God, if you decide to go after God, if you decide to arrange your life so that you can be in tune or in sync or in step with God, you will hear his voice and he will give you instructions. And 100% of that time, it's going to take faith and courage and boldness and it, you're going to have to face your fear in order to follow what he says. See, there's a pattern here. I see it in history. I see it as I study the Bible. I see it in modern times. I see it in my life. I see it in so many people that I know. Is that God finds women and men 
and he speaks. And it's women and men who are seeking. It's women and men who have humbled themselves and surrendered and who have arranged their lives to hear. And then God speaks. And these women and men have a default answer of yes. And most of the time it doesn't make full sense. But because of faith, because of trust, here I am, I'll go, I'll go, I'll do it. And then it takes boldness to respond, to go, to follow through. 100% of the time, you have to face the fear and you have to move with boldness and courage. See, this, this pattern, this belief, this foundational belief, it's core to our church, it's, it's core to who we are, it's core to what we do. I mean, one of the things that if you're around Miami Church at any point, you, you hear this over and over, and maybe you get sick of it, but we talk about it over and over again, is we've set up a model, we've set up a model to try to, to help all of us, those of us who are part of Miami Church, those of us who are seeking God, those of us who are exploring, those of us who want to be part of something there. We're trying to set up a model where, where God can speak to you. You'll see this on our Instagram. We talk about it on Sundays. We talk about it on video. We say, here's what we're trying to encourage you to do. In fact, right now we're in this series, Find and Follow, and we've been going chapter by chapter through Acts, reading about the first church. So we say, here's what we want you to do. We want you to read it, hear it, and engage it, right? So this week, the idea is, right, you take your Bible, and you go to Acts chapter 9. And prior prior to engaging in the video or prior to Sunday, right, you read it, right? And you open to Acts chapter 9, and... And it's a simple, God, what do, you, what do you want to say to me? And you get in a quiet place and you steal your mind, you eliminate distractions. Again, I encourage early mornings. There's no phones, there's no devices, there's nothing to interrupt me. God, what are you saying to me? Right? God, speak to me through your word. We read it. Right? And, we, and the idea is that you would read it multiple times. In fact, I encourage you, hey, as we're going through Acts, read Acts chapter 9 once a day for seven days. Right? We read it, we read it. Then we hear it, right? We gather online or, or when we're, we're in person, we gather in person, right? And we, we hear it, right? We, we hear it. And then, right, we engage it with others, which is what we have neighborhood teams, which are these teams of people throughout the city that gather together and they, they've read it, they've heard it, and then they talk about it. And then we ask three questions. Three questions are here. Like, what, what is God saying Right? We're, we're, we're anticipating, like Ananias, we're expecting. We're trying to create familiarity. We're trying to cultivate the idea that we can hear from God. And so what is God saying to you? We're expecting that he's speaking to you. What are you going to do about it? There's the, the courage to respond. And who are you going to tell? Three basic questions we try to ask as we're reading. Well, what is God saying to you? What are you going to do about it? Who are you going to tell? You know, that old man at the beginning <laughs> climbed up on the mountain just exhausted, overwhelmed. I don't know about you, but so many times these days I feel exhausted and overwhelmed, especially emotionally and mentally with everything going on in our world. He climbed up on the mountain and God said, come stand at attention. And he stood at attention on the mountain. And there was a hurricane, a force wind, and there was an earthquake, and there was a fire, but God wasn't in any of that. And finally, there was a gentle whisper. You ever wondered why God whispered? 
And why was God not in the hurricane or the earthquake or the fire? Why did God whisper? I think God says to you and me, you know why I whisper? Because I'm so close. Because I'm so near. I don't need to shout. I don't need to yell. I don't need to raise my voice. I'm right here. I'm close. I'm so close that I can just whisper. God is near. God is here and God wants to speak to you. And God wants to speak to me. And there's, and there's a man, there's a woman. Nothing really particularly noteworthy or remarkable. And they're living in Miami and God is speaking. And he's calling their name. And he's saying, hey, Juan, hey, Lorenzo, hey, Ellen, do you hear my voice? Hey, Mark, hey, Maria, hey, John, do you hear my voice? Hey, Paul, my question is, do you hear him? And when you do, do you have the courage to respond? Thanks so much for listening today. We would love to hear from you. You can always reach out to us on our social media channels or send us an email at hello at miamichurch.com. Also, be sure to subscribe because you don't want to miss out on any future conversations. I hope our time together inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey.